Welcome to the Clueless at the Work podcast, where we talk through a framework for being successful in your job. My name is Anthony Garone, and I'll be hosting this show with some friends who are experts in helping people grow. The content is based on my book, Clueless at the Work, Advice from a Corporate Tyrant, which is published by Stairway Press. You can find out more at cluelessatthework.com. We have Andy Fry here in the studio. And the last time we talked about, um, well, a lot of things. We covered a lot of territory. A lot of territory. <laughs> in, in a half hour. And um, where we left off was the idea that we need to empty the teacup of our mind uh, in order to fit more things in. And that's really a question of, uh, well, you, you tell us. Well, so I was just thinking as we were talking about, we ended that episode, we were talking about, uh, I said, you know, uh, your cup actually isn't full. You said empty it. And I thought, you know, at my age, I let a lot of, I do actually empty the cup a lot. My brain's at capacity, it seems sometimes. And so now it's sorting out what's worth keeping, what's not. Um, and I'm happened to be teaching a computer science course at the office to catch some people up who didn't, you know, didn't get to go through that and talk about offline storage. And so sometimes I think my brain's putting that stuff in offline storage. And so it's emptying the cup, but it's putting it over (laughs) here just in case. But Uh, it's not emptying the cup of beliefs about that knowledge. Right, right. That's getting reset because every time I read uh, something I thought I believed or I thought or I just thought um, keeps getting toppled over. It's just it's it's an endless it's just, I, I swear it's, it's a journey. Uh, every time you're around a corner, uh, something else pops up and, oh, I, I guess I thought this, but I don't. I, it, I'm, I'm open. I'm, I, I let go. Right. That, that's essentially what I'm doing is I'm letting go of a lot of things that were just kind of burned in. Habits. So I think that's a good segue into our next topic, which is contradictory knowledge. So there's a lot that we know and there's a lot that we forget and there's a lot that we believe but we're not usually assessing one thing against another so i want to read this quote from duncan watts in his book everything is obvious once you know the answer it's a great quote as sociologists are fond of pointing out common sense isn't anything like a scientific theory of the world rather it is a hodgepodge of accumulated advice experiences aphorisms, norms, received wisdom, inherited beliefs, and introspection that is neither coherent nor even internally self-consistent. Birds of a feather flock together, but opposites also attract. Two minds are better than one, except when too many cooks spoil the broth. Does absence make the heart grow fonder, or is it out of sight, out of mind? At what point does try, try again turn into flogging a dead horse? And if experience is the best teacher, when should one also maintain a beginner's mind? So, contradictory knowledge. That's, um, we all believe in it. And I just, (laughs) I felt like a jerk because I called someone out on LinkedIn who was like, if you need... If you need a good marketing strategy, stop having your team work on it. Hire one expert who can come in and consult and create that strategy for you. 
And it's like, it could go either way, man. You know, yeah. like I could write the same thing about if you have one guy who's developing your marketing strategy, get rid of that guy and get, get a get team, team together. To <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a, when, when I see, we talked in the last episode about, uh, alarms, you know, and when I see articles where somebody says, stop doing this, stop doing that, start doing this, start to, I'm like, are you sure? that it's that is it ever black and white is it that simple you know are these five steps the way to do something right <laughs> there's a thousand ways to do everything it seems yeah you know? yeah um, yeah it's the, but that's that's what sends up my my alarm when i see those articles and then i'm the same way i want to call people out yeah. but I'm like you know that's their day in the sun that's their article but still don't tell people that's the only way to do it you know you've got to let that team go and get this guy or the other way around it, it isn't ever like that that's it's right usually gray and you can't understand what other people are going through you can say this is what i experienced but you can't say hey guys here's the way yeah there's only one way and it's my way yeah because it worked when i did it yeah <laughs> if it worked for you great that's great but don't prescribe it to me right as the solution to my thing yeah so andy would you read this this other story here i would be happy to in italics yes how do i read it in italics <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes dad jokes it's early all right the buddhist scholar spent some time observing the zen master with her other students the two two se two two separate students right to two separate students she gave contradictory advice the scholar approached the Zen master asking, Master, you gave contradictory guidance to two different students earlier. Help me to understand how both statements you've made can be true. The Zen master replied, When you are on the path and know where it leads, some students must be directed to the left and others to the right. The path is difficult to find and navigate. It is easy to get lost with a single misstep. So I like that story because it's really easy to to see like oh well he's wrong because of this and she's wrong because of that but really they could both be <laughs> like describing the same exact thing and there are those classic meme images of like one person standing on one side of a shape and it's like it's a square and the other person's like it's a circle and then you realize it's a it's a cylinder you know yeah. and if you look at it one way it looks yep. just like a square and if you look at it another it looks like a circle uh but at the same time, like, we're contradicting ourselves right now because the Zen master says, when you know where the, the path is, that's the way. Yeah. Yep. And we're saying there's no one way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we believe it anyway. If it sounds yep. good, then we believe it. Right. right? Sure. Yep. Yeah. I love that story about the contradictory evidence. <laughs> but also, there's no one way. <laughs> No, there is no path itself is, is that meta is that what that is i think it is meta. yeah yeah um uh this is the same as uh perspectives yeah. people don't they'll like you said the the barrel the cylinder looking at it from above circle looking at it from the side rectangle you know and it's perspectives and that's another thing a lot of a lot of teaching that constantly taking perspectives understanding i see it this way but i'm not i'm not behind their eyeballs I'm not in their shoes. Um, so again, ask questions, find out what you're missing. They, they see something. Why do they see that? And we can allow those differences to make us bitter as we see in marriage. You know, yeah. it's, uh, when my wife and I were 
going to get married. I went through this. Uh, she was in college in Illinois, so I had to go through the premarital, you know, mm-hmm. marriage prep classes without her, which was fun being the one single person, <laughs> <laughs> the non-couple in the couples class. And they had this really cheesy video series that I'll never forget because it actually was effective. Uh, it was called Viva La Difference. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, yes, we are different. Yeah. And that's wonderful. You know, celebrate the differences. But over the years, like in, it, when you're in love and young, it's like, oh, I love how different she is. And then 10, 15 years later, you're like, oh, why is she so different than me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> It's so easy to let those differences poison our attitudes and so we need to appreciate that one person sees a circle and one person sees a rectangle yeah because otherwise we're poisoning ourselves and that gets into that the bad apple syndrome right one bad apple can spoil the bunch um, which is another you know old adage but it really does happen with people you've seen it on teams oh yeah 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 it's uh and, and there's, there's an energy on a team. And when that bad apple is causing, I use the analogy like electricity, you know, and you've got, you've got electrons flowing through this team. Things are moving, the circuits working. It's great. But if you've got a bad component, it's causing resistance. It's causing heat. Uh, a lot of times it's unnecessary. Um, and sometimes you have to replace the component, you know, to keep the circuit humming. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it, a lot of times it, it's, somebody doesn't understand that everyone on the team has a perspective uh and it doesn't jive with that person's perspective but they're like we were just talking about they'll they'll push how they see it and so it it's it's an easy thing to fix you know when uh, or at least to explain to them you know so and so so and so disagrees with you but um also so and so doesn't so-and-so is not uh, disagreeing with you because they don't like you. They're disagreeing because they see something different maybe than you do. So ask and talk to them about it. Um, don't, a lot of times when I sit with people, I will just, I'll ask them questions. Is there something we're missing? A lot of times it's, that question almost always <laughs> solves the problem, <laughs> you know, solves the contention or whatever it is. Um, you know, what are we missing? What don't we know? Um, again, always be curious. I, there's always something I don't know. Always, 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 and um, and if it's sometimes it's hard to remember that stuff. But you know, you and I have been doing this a long, long time, and it's easy to fix things. It's easy to say, uh, you know, I I've seen this before. Here's here's what the thing is. The problem is they're not they're not going to learn if you're just telling them, right. you know, what to do. Um, but yeah, I may have gone off topic, but but it's. The, the, the whole it's perspectives it's always perspectives it seems like we're always missing that because we're we are uh one some of us are just wired to fix things so we get wound up in what we see and then we forget that there's other people in the room there's other people on the team they're seeing things that i don't see and uh, yeah i'll harp on it all day long about the you know ask questions just know that you don't know right yeah where i work we were bought by Allstate. A year ago. So now you're in good hands. <laughs> well, that's not where the story's going. <laughs> no, Allstate, it is a good company. Um, and they have their own internal struggles. Like any company that gets so big, a Fortune 100 company, you can't move fast. 
but they want to move fast. And the CEO is constantly driving like, guys, stop being slow. Stop being fear, you know, like a uh, risk averse, go for it. But organizationally, it can be really hard for some teams at Allstate. So we were a hundred person company when we were acquired a year ago. Now, like just in 2019, we've hired over 150 people. It's been the most, the craziest growth, you know, totally insane. And a friend of mine uh, who works there, like he's telling me, man, this job, it's totally crazy. I don't know how, how we can keep doing this. It's not sustainable. And I say the same kinds of things. But then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but dude, we're, we can work from home in our pajamas, you know, like we're on a, on an upswing, we're growing, we were purchased. So our parent company is investing tons of money in our growth. We are not shrinking. We're not laying anyone off because money is tight or something like that. Like there are so many problems we don't have, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a matter of perspective. It's like, is this the worst job you've ever had? Oh man, some days it feels like it. But the reality is, it's not. Like, we're doing nothing painstaking. We're not having to, like, the hard decisions we make are about growth and supporting more users and turning a legacy system into something that's more future-proof. But even that can seem like, oh, this is awful. And it's so easy to get jaded and feel like, after so long, you're like, oh, I hate this job. And then someone new starts and like, this job is awesome, you know, like... (laughs) And you think, oh, I wish I had your perspective. I was you once, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but the the reality is that um, it is perspective. Yeah. And I think in that Zen master story about the path, when you know where it is, it's not like the path to supreme happiness. It's it's the ability to live with yourself and to live with your circumstances. And sometimes you need to say, you know what? Today I got to work from home in my pajamas. And then the next day it's like, you know what? Today I got to go to the office and see my peers and connect with them. But they're both right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's more about you staying on a path of contentment in as much as you're able. And for people who may be listening saying, yeah, but there comes a time to quit your job. Like, we'll get to that. But for right now, for most people... I think we're just spoiled. We're in a growth economy. There's a zillion jobs out there. And if you're making decent money, people value you. You have good people at work. That's really all you need. And some people need less than that. Some people can thrive. You know, like there's a guy I met when we worked at Melt. And all he did was bankruptcy consultation. And he just went from one company to the next to the next to help them through bankruptcy. This is a guy that thrived in the worst possible circumstance. Like, oh yeah, my job is to go in and help people deal with bankruptcy, go through all the paperwork, the emotional coping, all of that stuff. There's something for everyone. But if we aren't aware of our cluelessness and our constant bias, it's so easy to just judge something and say, well, that, no, that's a crappy job. Yeah. The other (laughs) thing relating to, uh, that perspective and the, you know, I, I think one, we, we are very good at, at taking things for granted. And especially when things are going smooth, you know, it's, you know, the brain, the brain tends to go negative 
you know, much faster, much easier than it goes positive. And um, you can rewire that with practice. Mindfulness is one. There's you know, a bunch of ways to do that. But uh, what I've noticed uh, is super helpful for me anyway is uh, being grateful. Um, which is another way to wire the brain, rewire the brain. You know, when, when you catch yourself uh, or you catch others saying, oh, you know, this is so hard. This is so much work. This is, but like you said, we're in a growth, we're in a growth mode. It, things are actually fantastic. You know, you're, you're not out digging cow poop, you know, uh, it, like it's, there's, there's other things that, that are, are worse. You know, you've got it great. But things there are, are people well. who dig cow poop. And it's the greatest it. job in the world. It's, there you know? are days when I want to do that because I just don't <laughs> want to think anymore. You know, I just don't, I just, less resistance. Um, and so, but it's, but that perspective that, and one of, one of the things that, um, that has worked fantastic for me is being grateful every morning. You know, I, I think of three things, um, and I add it to my little log thing that I'm grateful for. And it has changed the way I would have normally looked at situations where I'm like, ah, oh, this is getting old or this is getting tedious or, uh, I'm, you know, where am I going to get the energy for this? You know, that doesn't happen anymore because I'm, I, when, when I start to rewire myself to change my perspective and to appreciate what I do have, uh, you know, then it makes me, uh, it actually drives me more to find more things that will make me grateful and make me appreciative. And it, it's, it's a little self fulfilling prophecy thing, you know, and, um, but it takes effort. That's the other thing. I, we'll, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But yeah, there's my two cents. Yeah. So that gets into, uh, the next, the next thing. Like once we get past biases and assumptions and just open our minds, stage one, show up to work on time and do well. And I open this chapter with a quote that just cracks me up. From George Costanza. Oh, yeah. Seinfeld. Yes. I love a good nap. Sometimes it's the only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's classic. It really is so funny. But the, the idea of showing up to work on time, you would think totally straightforward, right? Yeah. I just go to work. I'm there by 9, 9.30, whatever it is, 8.30, 8. Some people 4, 4.30. Mm-hmm. But showing up to work on time takes zero skill. And a lot of people can't do it. Yeah. They just can't show up on time. Yep. And it's not like a one-time thing. Yeah. It's like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a uh, guy I worked with at a previous job was into World of Warcraft you know, and, and, uh, when it was big, huge, when it blew up and you would wander in, uh, you know, 10, the, the, the unwritten, but expected rule was you, you were there by nine, um, or sometimes eight. When I started, it was eight. It, it kind of loosened up over time, but, uh, this guy would wander in later and later and later. And at one point was asleep at his keyboard, you know, it, uh, just that thing was all consuming. And I knew when I first met him, he's capable of getting there at, at eight. He did, but this one thing was yeah. consuming his life, changed his, changed his habits, um, or you know, destroyed them <laughs> arguably. But yeah, um, it's, it doesn't take a lot of skill. It takes some kind of alarm, you know, if that's what it takes. Right. In my case, I set three. 
yeah sometimes so yeah cal newport who wrote so good they can't ignore you he talks about um you know all you need is a cheap alarm clock you can go to the dollar store and get an alarm clock yep my kids have like a three dollar alarm clock you know it's not like it's expensive yeah yeah you could say hey siri set an alarm for whatever and that's so easy. And so many of us have these devices that allow us to do that. Or you can spend alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. Or you can spend $3, yeah. you know, one 333rd of the cost of right. a new cell phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but just wake up on time. Yeah. And it, this isn't like some sort of conservative old school, oh, draconian, you got to work nine to five. Like sometimes I, I have meetings at 730. Sometimes I start at 10.30, but I'm there and awake and present when it's needed. And that's the difference. Yeah. There are people who you show up at your first meeting and it's like, well, they just rolled out of bed. Mm-hmm. You can see it. You can see their eyes. Yeah. You can see their hair. Yep. I mean, you came here. I was up at 6.15 or so. Yeah. You showed up at 7.00. And I realized I haven't even looked at myself. I don't even know. <laughs> I probably looked like I just rolled out of bed. And you warned me you hadn't brushed your teeth or anything. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And thank goodness the microphone can't pick up yeah. <laughs> breath. It's not, uh, yeah, was it uh, Smellotron? Yeah. <laughs> but really, it's so important to show up and be present. Because if you don't give yourself enough time in the morning to be ready, the whole day you're competing against. You're, you're like struggling to run every mile, every hour. Yeah. For me, it's uh, what gets me up because I was a, you know, growing up, I was, I'd sleep till noon when I could, um, uh, not, uh, not highly motivated as a kid. Um, but I'm also a night owl. So my whole schedule was just shifted. It wasn't that I was lazy or anything. I was just getting my hours in. I just happened to not go to bed till three or whatever it was or four. And that happened a lot throughout my life, but when I was res- responsible for a company or other people, I would get up. But what motivated me to get up, and I think motivation helps too. And you know, when you're content and grateful and happy and successful, and things are rocking and rolling and gears are turning right, uh, I always feel motivated to get up. So I tell people uh, in meetings, um, you know, that or one-on-ones, my role today right now actually happens to be all about their success. That's all it is. I'm just, I am at Melt Media employed there to help technical people and actually everyone in the organization to just be successful, coaching, mentoring, whatever. That's what gets me up in the morning. When, when I walk out of those one-on-ones and I always ask, you know, was this helpful? Did we, did we solve what we were talking about? And I hear a resounding yes. Most of the times, uh, I get that shot of oxytocin in my head, you know, it feels really great. And then I know when people see that they get a shot. It's just, so that drives me every morning to get up because it feels so good to help. That's literally what I do all day is just help people to succeed. And that drive, um, right now it's that used to be technology. I didn't know something well enough. I was dying to know it more. So I wanted to get in and learn and keep, keep working on it. There was always some kind of drive or when I was motorizing that silly office chair, you know, every morning, get up at the butt crack of dawn, 
So it's it's the working. carrot you're dangling for your it's, day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a and it's a reward thing. Yeah. You know that's for sure. I think about my own job. Yeah, I'm some sort. Of, I don't even really know my title. I've got like five <laughs> different titles, the and Minister some of them of actually some of them are completely absurd. One is like director of emerging product delivery. Like, okay, you know, it's a lot of characters. It is, um, but I don't even think of that as my job. My job, while I am building products and getting them to market in some fairly complex contexts. My job is actually to keep things moving and people don't want to get blocked. They don't want to get stunted. But if I think, oh, my job is to get this product to market, well, that, that kind of commoditizes it. But if I think my job is to help the people that I'm with, these people, these specific people to feel good about what they're doing, to have some momentum, to feel like they're making they're making a difference, you know, like that's my job. So if I can do that, I'm doing my job well. And no one is ever going to say like at your review, well, how many emails did you answer? Yeah. You know, like how, how inbox zero were you all year or at your deathbed? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although there's that great, uh, Tracy Allman sketch. She's on her deathbed and her family visits and she says, I just, I wish I had taken more pictures of my meals and put them on Instagram. (laughs) And the nurse like comes in with her meal and she's like, oh, son, granite. (laughs) (laughs) But really like. Commentary on our society. What are people going to remember? They're going to remember, oh man, Andy was always there. He helped people. He made stuff move like very rarely are our job reviews about the job, right? Yeah. (laughs) They don't care how many lines of code. It's like, was your code on time? It's not, was it good code? It's did QA and you know, what did QA think of your work? Were you easy to work with? And you know, could they say, Hey, this doesn't work. Yeah. So go fix it. That's really the metric. The metrics are all like human stuff, at least in every place that I've worked. I know there are places that are more quantitative and that's good. But if you're good at your job, that should you can, come you can do that. Like you can game that system yeah. pretty easily, Yep. but you can't game showing up on time. Yeah. You can't game making your coworkers feel valued, yeah. you know, yep. helping them to feel like to feel like you're making progress because someone else is there with you like right. going through it makes yeah. all the difference and if you're in bed while your coworker is busting their butt they are not going to appreciate that you slept in right exactly <laughs> yeah we just changed our review system uh and one we made it simpler and easier because it was like hurting cats and stabbing your eye with a fork uh the old system but the new one actually has about 20 questions that are super quick and easy to answer, but it is mostly based on the human skills. You know, um, we, I used to always call them soft skills. Then I heard Simon Sinek call it human skills. I'm like, Oh, that's way better. (laughs) So now that's what we refer to them as. But the, but the review is actually mostly about their human interactions with their coworkers and it's full 360 and everything too. So, um, but it's changed the way it's changed the way people think about, 
how they move about you know their their job during the day right. it's this is a human thing we're, we're all working together to produce these products we are all very smart we're very talented we're we we know we can do it that's that should come along with it but that's not going to work if there's friction right. resistance all that stuff so yeah but there there are clearly some people who don't value showing up on time and i get that yeah. as long as you can manage your expectations with other people uh like a mutual friend of ours called me and said, being on time is not a, a low level skill here. Like I shouldn't like being on time doesn't stop me from being successful. And I thought, yeah, that's fair. You know? Um, but the reality is like you can't impose your tardiness or your inability to be on time upon others. And I think that's, that's a big difference. It's like, um, yeah, you don't have to be on time to everything, but if I say, Hey Andy, I'm probably going to be 20 minutes late. Then if, if I'm 40 minutes late, you're like, well, you did say you were going to be 20 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> Guess that's a <laughs> but start. if I say I'll be there at seven and I'm there at seven forty, it's like, are you serious? Yeah. Dude, I just, I did, I waited for 40 minutes. Yeah. I wasted 40 minutes just right. sitting here waiting for you. Yeah. And um, that's just not cool. And you can't establish trust on tardiness. Right. Because it's fundamental. If one person shows up and they're counting on you and you don't show up or you show up late unexpectedly, one time, sure, forgivable. Yep. But it's that famous George Bush quote, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You just don't fool me twice. <laughs> But really, shame on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you can make the other person feel like, well, I'm the idiot for believing you were going to be on time. Yeah. Yeah. Be and, responsible uh, and accountable. Totally. You know, that's, that's all it is. Um, respect. It's foundational. It is. And while I think that you can be successful without being on time, and I've seen a lot of very successful people who are sloppy, I've seen far more, orders of magnitude more, sloppy people that are unsuccessful, you know, yeah. like, yeah, there may be overlap, but I think you have to be pretty special to be not on time and successful, yeah. not on time and well liked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, to kind of differentiate, like the being on time to things that you have committed to, you know, being somewhere at a certain time, there, there are people, um, certainly in this industry, uh, uh, a lot where, where they're just, they have a, they have a time of day that they're optimum, you know, their productivity is optimum. They, they wander in at 10. Uh, they're there till seven. I mean, that's, that's fine. That's still being productive. That's still being a part of everything. But if, if you have a commitment to a meeting that's at nine and your jam is 10, usually be there at nine and be in the meeting and right. don't be groggy and don't be useless. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because your people are counting on you. Well, not just that, but people other people are judging you. Yeah. Yeah. And, Perspectives uh, again. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't, like my publisher said about my book, even if people disagree with it, people should buy it and read it to know this is how the competition might be thinking. Right. You know, like this is a different perspective. You may hate it. You may disagree with it, but this is how there's a whole lot of people that yeah. you know, think right. about the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you may not think, being on time is, makes a difference, but that doesn't mean your team doesn't think 
exactly. being on time is a yeah. low low value skill, you know. Yeah. So we don't get promoted because we think we're great. We get promoted because our team thinks we're great. Exactly. And if we want to excel, if we want to grow, if we want the promotion and the salary increase, be on time. That's like yeah. the lowest level, easiest thing to possibly do. And, you know, we were acquired, like I mentioned. Allstate acquired us. Allstate's based in Chicago. We're based in Scottsdale. Now I've got meetings two hours before 9 a.m. Arizona because that's that's when Chicago starts. Yep. And they own us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... I can't complain and say, you know what, guys, I, I'm not doing the 7 a.m. But I can say, hey, guys, I'd love to join this meeting. I've got to take my kids to school. I'm already yeah. up. I'm already doing something. Yeah. The time zone difference sucks. But I still, we, we negotiate. You know, we compromise. Yeah. But to say, like, no, sorry, guys, I don't roll till 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to go, well, let's get rid of that person. Yep. Like, I'm sure there's another person on the market with those skills. Yeah. Let's bring them in. They'll be yep. great. Exactly. Exactly. If you can't show up for an early meeting, then you need to say, Hey guys, I don't think this is the right job for me. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> which is fine. Totally cool. Yeah. My kids, I have stuff to do in the morning or I'm up late at night. Maybe I work a second shift. Who knows what's happening? But if the context changes, that's a different story. But if you're like, no, I'm still committed and you don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> then are you really committed? Yeah, you're not. You're not committed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of not committed, let's end this episode. Oh, great. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's uncommit from this episode. <laughs> That's this right. Point. Yep. So just as a reminder, this book is, uh, or this content of the podcast is based largely on a book I wrote called Clueless at the Work. You can go to cluelessatthework.com to learn more about it. Published by Stairway Press. Learn more about Stairway Press at stairwaypress.com. Thanks.